A lot of times when we look at successful entrepreneurs, we kind of forget the work behind what it takes to get to where they are. We think that maybe they were an overnight success or that it all came really easy. And we forget about the hustle, the work, the day-to-day grind, that time early on in business when you are spending all of your time trying to grow and trying new marketing techniques and all those things, all for the sake of pursuing a dream. My guest today really epitomizes what it means to work your butt off for what you love. And now she's taking that and inspiring others to do the same. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who's trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Jennifer Allwood, wife, mother, dynamic business coach, and the host of the Jennifer Allwood Show podcast. She has this infectious enthusiasm for helping like-minded creative women build their social media followers and turn their talents and passions and hobbies into lucrative online businesses. Jennifer has built an incredible social media community with an online following of a half a million people. She has a gift for creating relationships and showing up for each one of them. And she coaches over 2,000 women monthly on how to find their tribe and grow their business online. I have been such a huge fan of Jennifer's for a long time, and this conversation was such a blast. We laughed so hard and had the best time, just kind of like we've known each other for years. I know you are going to be encouraged and just so blessed by this chat. So on to my conversation with Jennifer. Jennifer, welcome to the show, friend. Molly, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited. Um, I love, one, having fellow podcasters on the show because, I mean, it's not you You obviously have a podcast as like part of your yeah. overall what you do, but it's just always fun to get podcasters on the other side of the mic. You know what? I like, it's funny that you say that because sometimes I'm a little bit intimidated about having people that have a podcast on my show because I'm always like, so what do you use? So do you, how do you do this? And then I'm always thinking, oh my gosh, do I do it like in such a lame way? You know what I mean? <laughs> like to the professionals in air quotes. And so sometimes I get really like nervous when I interview other podcasters. So I need to probably flip that in my brain and um, I'm glad you're excited about it. That's awesome. Oh, I love it. It's because, you know, it's always fun to just, um, and especially like for your, like people who listen to your show, like I always get feedback when I am a guest on other shows from listeners of my show. They're like, Oh, I loved hearing your story about this. Cause so That's, often, yeah. especially if you're, if you do kind of an interview based type show where you're not, you're kind of very rarely telling your own stuff. Um, you know, you might get yeah. bits and pieces here or there, but, um, but no, I just, I just love it. And, and it's always just so fun to, um, you know, especially if like I've listened to your show and so I just love kind of getting to know podcasters a little bit more. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Me. Now, do you have guests every week on the show with you, Molly? I do. So, well, mm-hmm. okay. Well, <laughs> I take that back sort of. Um, yes. Uh, for the most part, let's see, we're in episode what? Uh, oh one, man, I'm putting you like, on the spot with almost, that. <laughs> let's see, like 160 episodes ish in. Mm-hmm. Um, and at up episode 100, I started every 10 episodes. I do a solo show so like I and that was by request from listeners they were just like we would like to you know do a frequently asked questions or like more topical kind of things so um you know every 10 episodes now is is me by myself but then other than that yeah it's it's me and a guest every single week yeah and I love that and and because I'm probably the opposite of that I do a lot of um podcasts with just me. I just talk to myself, Molly, and hope that somebody <laughs> finds it interesting. Yeah. But it's so much more fun when there's somebody's on. But my biggest dilemma is always like scheduling, like both to get, you know, my schedule and someone else's schedule to coincide. 
And it's always fascinating to me talking to people who mostly have guests because I'm like, how do you do that? Because I feel like my calendar is a hot mess. And, you know, trying to work somebody else into a hot mess is never very easy. So instead, a lot of times it'll be like 11 o'clock on a Thursday night. And I'll be like, hey, I think I'm going to go record next week's episode real quick. So it's always impressive to me to talk to people who have a lot of guests. Yeah, that's really cool. I got to get I got to get my crap together. That's the bottom line. (laughs) You got this. You do. You already have your crap together. (laughs) Well, thank you. I don't know. That's up for debate. Um, All right. Well, Jennifer, I want to dive right into uh, the Jennifer 101. And that is what all our guests give us. And that's just your opportunity to kind of tell us who you are, what you do and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. So, um, yeah, I'm married in Kansas city. We had three biological kiddos and just in the last eight months have, um, taken in a little girl as her legal guardian. So we now have four wild and crazy kiddos and a dog. I'm absolutely obsessed with Molly and, um, I'm not a pet person in the least, like at all. I, I'm, I know people, you're going to get hate mail over this, but I just don't love animals, but we got this <laughs> dog like a year and a half ago that I'm so obsessed with. Uh, she's a golden doodle and she like is one of the joys of my life. It's the craziest thing. Um, and I coach entrepreneurs on how to grow social media and monetize their social media. My audience is mostly women who are creative entrepreneurs, but not all of them. So a lot of makers, people that are decorators, designers, painters, artists, bloggers, um, people who make cookies, people who make jewelry, people who are at Etsy. So that is a huge part of my audience, but that is definitely not where I started or thought this would be where I ended up. Um, and I'm sure you hear stories like that all the time. Like, 20 years ago, I was sitting at a desk job um, wearing pantyhose with a pager. Did you ever have a pager, Molly? Oh, I totally had a pager. And actually, fun fact, my current cell phone number, this is how long I've had it, was my pager number. No way. That's how long I've had this same number. And (laughs) I have a dinosaur number. Yes. Yes. And it's so funny because I haven't like my area code doesn't match like where I live. And people are always really confused by that. I'm like, well, it's just at this point, like area codes in a lot of ways, like don't really actually matter all that much like they used to. And so my area code, I'm just like, I don't want to change my number because it's literally been my number for I don't know. When did I have a pager? In like 97, 96, 97, 97, 98 is when I had my pager. And so, you know, that's what, 22 years of having the same number. And it was one of those like clear ones, you know, like they were real cool. Like you could get them in different colors. Do you know what I'm talking oh, my, about? I, mine was not that cool. No, mine was black. <laughs> <laughs> but between that and the pantyhose, like I thought I was supposed to be like living the dream. Yeah. Um, you know, I had the lanyard that got me into, I was working in software development is what I was working in. I had a degree in software development. And the only reason I selected that degree and I didn't go to college until um, I was, I graduated when I was 30 with my degree. I was a late bloomer. Uh, but I had thought to myself, you know, computers, gosh, this just makes me sound like I'm 80 years old, but computers were the up and coming thing. <laughs> <laughs> when I started back to college and I was like, Ooh, I see dollar signs written all over this. And my heart was really towards like interior design and interior decorating. But I kept thinking, how does anybody make money doing that? So I'm going to choose something where I feel like there's some income potential. So I had a degree in computer-based information systems, was doing software development for a large telecom company in Kansas City. But I was kind of like playing with this painting business at night. And people were like hiring me to come into their house and, you know, paint some furniture on the weekends or make a ceiling look like gold leaf or do a mural on their kid's bedroom wall. And I loved it. But again, I just kept thinking, well, this is nice, like vacation money, but there's no way this could actually be like a job. Like, you know, I have the pager, I have the pantyhose, I have the the responsible thing to do is 401ks and matched PDOs. And, um, as God would have it, I got laid off from that job, um, back in the year 2000. And on one hand I cried, I boohooed for a couple of days because I couldn't believe anybody would fire me. And on the other hand, I was like, but wait a second, this could be like a huge opportunity for me to try doing this thing I've been doing on the nights and weekends with the painting business and maybe make it into like a full-time gig. And um, have you ever been laid off? Because it's the weirdest thing when it happens. (laughs) I have not. But it's interesting because um, I worked at a small radio station for a couple of years. And my boss had been like in – he was the owner of the radio station. But he'd been working for NBC for like for a Mm -hmm. long time. And like he was talking about – this was right around the time. This was like, you know, 08, 09 when like NBC was doing a ton of layoffs. Layoffs, So it was yeah. just really interesting like being in this kind of this world where there were everybody around me was getting laid off. 
Yeah. And it's, you know, it's the weirdest thing because emotionally you're, you know, a lot of times in shock and, um, disbelief, like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they just did that. You're sad. You're going to miss your friends. But then when I finally wrapped my head around it, I knew that there was opportunity there. And, um, and I just, I was desperate almost not to have to go back to a cubicle because even though, um, it looked really great on the outside with, you know, all the perks and the 401k, I knew that my heart was not there. I was totally faking it in that cubicle is the bottom line. Uh, but I also felt like that's what responsible people do is just kind of fake it till they die and, you know, stay at the job they hate. That's yeah. what responsible grownups do. Um, but so I got laid off and thank God I have an incredibly um, supportive husband. And I told him, I really want to see like, while I'm laid off here, we didn't have kids yet. If I could perhaps, um, start, you know, really pressing the gas on this painting thing and see what would happen. And he's like, okay, go for it. And I had went to like a weekend painting event where we learned how to do a bunch of faux finishing on the walls. And, um, and so I kind of had, you know, like a little mini portfolio. And so this was back Molly when the yellow pages was a thing. And I literally went to the yellow pages. I, I swear I sound like I'm just a hundred, but, um, I ripped out every yellow page for interior decorators and interior designers in the Kansas city area in my part of town. And I either showed up at their doorstep if they had a store or I called them and I just said, Hey, I am looking to get some more painting business. Um, would love to show you my portfolio. A bunch of them, you know, brought me in, looked at my things. And before I knew it, I had a thriving business going. It was just the wildest thing. So I never did go back to corporate America. I started my painting company in the year 2000. One of the very first houses I got hired to work in was a million dollar home with like secret rooms. And, you know, it was way out of my pay grade. I mean, I just was faking the whole thing, pretending I knew what I was doing the whole time, just dying on the inside thinking, oh my gosh, this is my first like real big job. And it's a, you know, a mansion that I'm working in. Uh, But that eventually became the norm. And we were doing, um, you know, just incredible homes in the Kansas City area. Um, Extreme Home Makeover, the television show with um, Ty Pennington. Did you ever watch that show? Oh, yes. yes. Yes, I moved that bus. They had us come on and do three houses with them that were close to the Kansas City area. And I had a client fly me to Belize to look at a painting project there. And it was a really good gig. Um, what was interesting, though, is three months after I started my painting company, you know, and I had that million dollar house in my pocket already and we're getting other big homes, uh, we got pregnant with our oldest son, Noah. And, um, and in my head, I was like, OK, this is amazing. But how do I now like mom and have this thriving business. And at the end of the day, what I ended up doing was calling my sister-in-law and saying, Hey, um, I kept working until I was like eight months pregnant, Molly. And then I was literally like the size of a small Volkswagen. Like I wasn't (laughs) one of those girls that like carries a basketball in her belly. I was like one of those girls that is, you know, as wide as a tree. And so I was like, I can no longer get up and down ladders. Can you come help me paint? And she's like, absolutely. So she came and helped me paint and we ended up, you know, having Noah And I stayed home and continued just popping out babies over the next couple of years. And she kept working for me out in the field. So I wasn't the one getting to go out and paint in a lot of houses anymore, but I knew enough about painting and she was talented enough. And we figured out that I was really good at like getting us the work and I would take my babies in their baby carriers and I'd go check on what she was doing a couple times a week and, you know, help her if I needed to for a few hours while my husband was home with the kids, but it worked really, really good. And business was incredible. And so um, about six years ago, we got to the point where I had eight women who were painting for me every day. All of my kids had finally gotten into school. You know, I was no longer um, wiping bottoms during the day. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is great. Now I can really focus 100% on my painting business. And um, and figured out, though, that I was tired. Like, have you ever gone through a point in your business where you're just tired? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think every entrepreneur exa- has been through that. Yes. I'm tired right now. <laughs> I, was just, I was exhausted. And what yeah. was happening is I was looking at my bank account going, okay, I'm tired. And I've got eight women who paint for me every day. And I'm looking at my bank account thinking, there should be more money in this account. Like, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. I am hustling too hard for there not to be more coming into the bank account. I mean, we were doing well, but, you know, Jason and I wanted, my husband and I wanted to buy a new home and we wanted to travel more. And I just couldn't figure out why we weren't making more when my stress level was pretty high. We were very well known, all of the things. And so um, I was trying to figure out, well, how could we make more? Maybe we should double down the number of women who work for me, which would mean, 
you know, we're working in two houses at a time and I've got eight girls over here and eight girls over here. And that just sounded like a hot stinking mess. And the only other thing I could think of was, I wonder what would happen if I tried to teach people how to do online what I'm doing in people's houses in the Kansas City area. And so I came out with a line of DIY videos. So I was teaching people how to paint their kitchen cabinets, how to make their garage doors look like wood, stuff that really anybody could find for free on YouTube. But I had grown this like Facebook following that I thought was kind of sweet. I mean, I had like 5,000 followers at the time and I knew they were very interested in the way I did things. And so we made these videos, we gave them, you know, a list of where they could buy all the painting products. It showed me doing somebody's kitchen cabinets or garage doors or whatever. And that we ended up selling over $100,000 of videos in just over a year. And I was like, okay, this is crazy pants. People are like buying stuff on the internet. You know, six years ago, that wasn't really quite a thing quite yet, Molly. I mean, people were just kind of dipping their toes in that. And, um, and so that's when I like had this total aha moment. Okay. In Kansas city with my local business, I can only service Kansas city unless I'm willing to travel to somebody's house outside of the area. But when I go online, I can teach anybody anywhere. And so that is when like, I had like this huge aha moment. I decided to double down on all things social media related and, um, grew my, following on Facebook to we're over 350,000 followers on Facebook today. We have over a hundred thousand on Pinterest and 80,000, I think on Instagram. And, um, and I now coach other entrepreneurs on how to build their social media to that size. And then not only to build it, but then to monetize it. Because what I found as I was growing my social media is there was a lot of people with big followings and zero dollars. Like they have a lot of people who like them, but they didn't know how to make money from it. So mm-hmm. that is the really long answer to your very short question. I teach people how to build their social media and use it for their business um, to make money off of it. Yeah, that's I love your just very roundabout story. And a lot of times, I, like you said, you know, there's so many entrepreneurs who kind of find themselves in that really similar path of just kind of being in a job that maybe they didn't love or didn't yes. really bring them alive. And then something happens, like there's always a catalyst, like catalyst. a life tra- tragedy, a, you know, a layoff mm-hmm. or something. And it leads them to something else. And and I love those stories because at the time, like when we go through like that's it's just so oh God, it's such a great analogy for life because isn't it? It's yeah. like those moments when it just seems like all hope is lost, like the, you know, oh, I'm in this terrible place. I've been lo- like laid off, all those kinds of things. And yet, like that was the setup that God put in your life. To put put you on a path towards something else. Like who knows what your life would look like had you never been laid off? Like would you just have stayed in that job forever? You know what, Cash, I hope. I would love to say, no, there's no way I would have. But part of me wonders, Molly, if I would have. Um, because I just know I bought my first home when I was 21. I was super responsible. I've talked about this on my own podcast before, but I call them SRPs. I was a super responsible person. And so I graduated when I was 17. I went to college my first year on an academic scholarship. I blew it when I got to college because I wasn't acting very responsible that first year. But I ended up then working two jobs, buying my first home when I was 21, when most of my friends were still out. Like I just felt like I kind of did the next thing expected of me. And so I don't come from a long line of entrepreneurs. I didn't have parents who were like, hey, girl, you know, you should totally consider working for yourself. Like that wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know any entrepreneurs, if that makes sense. So it felt to me like starting my own business was kind of um, like I was a renegade. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like I just I was the only person I knew that was doing that. And, and, you know, back in the year 2000, also, we didn't have Facebook and Instagram to be seeing that we're not renegades. There's a whole bunch of us out here, but you know, it, I felt like a lone ranger just kind of, I don't have any idea how to like, what do I actually need to do to get my business like legit with the state? You know, like I just didn't know what I didn't know. And Google, thank God was, you know, finally kind of coming to life and you could Google some things, but I wonder if I hadn't gotten laid off almost if I would have just kind of sort of died in that cubicle. Um, I hope I I would love to think that I would have been gutsy enough to at some point leave, but I just honestly don't know, Molly. So the the bottom line is like, I'm literally so grateful to God that he was like, nope, we're just going to go ahead and boot you out of here, girl. Give you a little push start. (laughs) We're going to you're going to figure this out as you go. And then equally as grateful for a husband who was like, yeah, you don't, you know, we don't have kids yet where we don't have a ton of debt. Go ahead and try this business and let's see what happens. And what's really crazy, Molly, is that 
it's come like into this strange full circle where my business online, we're doing at this point, multi seven figures a year in the online space. And so my husband was able to quit corporate America last Mm. year and he works full time with me now on the business. And when I say full time, we work four days a week from nine to three. So that's, you know, not really full time, full time. Um, we were able to take in the little girl. I mean, our life has just changed so dramatically that like I shudder when I think, gosh, I'm, I'm so grateful that I got kicked off that job. You know, I'm just so yeah. grateful that I got laid off or I don't know what would life would look like. Cause life right now looks so amazing and it scares me to think I would have been stuck there forever. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it reminds me <laughs> of that quote that Dave Ramsey says all the time where he says, live like no one else so that you can yes. live like no one else. Did you and know I was with Dave Ramsey last night? No, I did not know that. <laughs> Yes, I spent the evening with Dave Ramsey. That what? is so funny. What? Okay, so okay, so here's the backstory. Do we have five minutes? Okay, for of course story? we do. Okay, so I started, you know, that painting company back in the year 2000, and um, and then fast forward many years um, to the real estate crash of 2008. Well, I was working for mostly builders locally in the Kansas City area, and my husband was in real estate. So the real estate market took this huge downturn, Molly. A bunch of my builders were going under. And if they weren't going under, they were getting divorced and just dissolving the business. And suddenly Jason and I found ourselves in this very scary position financially where he was selling zero houses and my builders were, you know, my income was cut in half. And so we started racking up credit card debt like crazy. And um, our boys are now, let's see, going on 18 and 16. And so they were little, like three and one. And it was right before Christmas. We had zero dollars in the bank. Uh, We're living on credit cards. And Dave Ramsey had that radio show. And so I was freaking out thinking as a super responsible person, we need to get rid of this credit card debt. What do we do? Do we turn in our 401k that, you know, both of us have like, we need somebody who's smarter than us to tell us an answer. So I called into Dave Ramsey's radio show. And at the time they would like, you know, ask you what you wanted to ask Dave. And then they would determine if they were going to have you live on his radio program. And then they would call you back and put you on the phone with him. Yeah. So they said, yep, he wants you on the show to ask this question. And we're going to call you back at two o'clock or whatever. So I saved the number in my phone. I was all excited. So Dave comes on and somehow I managed to get my question out about, do we turn in our 401ks to pay off credit card debt? Because literally, I think at that point we had like $35,000 on credit cards. Like I can't even believe I'm saying that out loud, but we were in a scary place. I mean, when your income is literally cut in half, mm-hmm. um, you know, so you just sometimes do what you got to do and it racked up quickly. And so Dave comes on, I tell him my question and then I begin, no lie, Molly, to just sob like a baby. And I, and he was so like fatherly and so sweet. And he was like, ah, oh, Jennifer, well, you know, I can tell that you're a hustler with your business and you guys are going to be fine and don't make any rash decisions and don't turn in the 401k. And I'm like snotting all over myself, you know, trying to, <laughs> you know, I'm doing the ugly cry on the Dave Ramsey show. And he just walked me through it in such a sweet, sweet way. So fast forward to about um, three years ago, I get an email from Christy Wright's business boutique. So Christy Wright is a yeah. Dave Ramsey personality. Yeah. And um, because I have a large social media following, they're like, hey, girl, would you like to come to our business boutique as an influencer? And I'm like, I don't know the words that you're saying. I don't know what an influencer is, but yes, count me in. I'm there. So basically an influencer is someone that will go and, um, you know, use all the appropriate hashtags on social media and do some Facebook lives while you're there. And Christy let me interview her for my podcast while I was there. So I was basically just you know, influencing other people to help them uh, bring awareness to this business boutique. It was so much fun. Last year, Dave Ramsey's people asked me if I would speak about social media in a breakout session. I'm like, yep, I'm your girl. So um, in my head, I was thinking, I wonder if I'll get to meet Dave Ramsey. Well, sure enough, they have a lovely green room and, you know, fantastic speakers. So Dave Ramsey walks into the green room last year and it took me back to like, you know, when the boys were three and one again in a hot minute, Molly, it was so embarrassing. I've got it on video. One of my girlfriends who was in the green room with me, she travels with me. Um, literally, she travels with me to help uh, pick out my clothes for my <laughs> events and to pray while I'm there. That's her job. She, it's amazing. She's so awesome. So Jassy's got this whole thing on video where I meet Dave Ramsey. And again, I break down in the snotty tears, like, you know, trying to keep it together. I had on fake lashes and all the things. And I lose my crap because I was so grateful to him that he we came out of such a place of like desperateness and now to know that we're, you know, doing multi seven figures a year, like whose life is this? So that was really cool. Well then, um, I will be speaking again this year in a breakout session at the business boutique, but we got a call last week. We had a, um, I hosted my first live event for people who are in business and in faith, um, a few weeks ago. 
just so happens one of the women that was there, um, she was traveling with one of my guest speakers, was helping arrange um, a VIP meetup at a church locally here in Kansas City for Dave Ramsey and his team and a new initiative that they're doing um, called Margin, helping people live with more margin in their life so that uh, financially so they can be more generous financially. And she's like, would you guys like to come, you know, get your picture taken with Dave and have V and I'm like, say no more. I'm your girl. We are there. So my husband and I last night sat in a big church here in Kansas City, front row, got our pictures taken with Dave. I got to hug him again. I kept it together, Molly. Oh, my god! I gosh. kept it together. And I'm like, okay, finally, like I've turned the corner. I can be in Dave Ramsey's presence and not ball like a baby. That is here so I am. Here funny. I am. <laughs> did you, I mean, did you tell him that like you yeah, called he knows. him? Oh my yeah, gosh. I'm like, I'm the girl that was like crying all over you in November. And he's like, yes, yes. He goes, I hear you're coming back again this year. And then I like, it completely just exploded on the inside because what I heard with my ears was, <laughs> Oh my gosh, Dave Ramsey like knows who I am. This is amazing. <laughs> Whose life is this? <laughs> That's amazing. Well, my my husband is um one of the like Dave Ramsey like smart vesters, like Ooh. you know, for this air for like the area that we yes. live in. And he mm-hmm. got to go. I went he went, I guess, to Nashville for some training. Um yeah. and he got to meet Dave and I just thought it was so cool. I was like, That's and, well, and what's really so cool, cool is not only is he super smart with money, Molly, but if you ever have a chance for real to go hear him, um there's something about the presence of him. Yeah. It's uh, and there's he carries a mantle with him. Um, he's very funny in real life. Like when he's on stage, he's hilarious. Yeah. But and he's also so relatable. And what I love is he does like talk to people about, you know, obviously he's very very smart money, but then he also talks to people about the gospel in a way that's very like, you know, um, enticing. And so yeah. I just, I love his story of rags to riches, not once but twice. Yeah. I love what he's doing just in terms of helping people get out of debt because we've learned firsthand. Um, it's not about the money. It's about what the money can do. One of yes. my uh, coaches always says that. And so, yeah, I, that, and that's why part of my business is teaching people how to build their social media. But the other part is monetizing it because I know firsthand how when a business begins making more money, how that not only changes the business and you can employ more people and change their lives, but it changes your life as well and what good can come from just making more. And so um, I just, I love what Dave Ramsey is doing in the world. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that you kind of share that little bit of your story. Um, I know that wasn't even on our list of things to talk about. Not that we even have a list, but yeah, that was random. I'm taking a quick break from my chat with Jennifer to share the Sago Designs fall collection with you. I am pumped about it. I have been wearing my pieces every single day and I constantly get compliments on them. This collection by the socially conscious fashion brand Seiko is absolutely incredible. You will be inspired by the richness of the season's colors like pebbled amore, oiled olive, and this gorgeous mahogany leather. Let the fall collection not only be a celebration of travel, but also a celebration of the journey within. My personal favorite pieces are the multi-way shawl in Leo, which can be worn dozens and dozens of ways, the How It's Made Matters tee, and the multi-way tunic sweater that can be literally worn five different ways. Versatility, versatility, versatility. It's my love language. Now, to shop this beautiful, incredible, stylish, fair trade fall collection, go to seikodesigns.com slash Molly Stillman. That's S-S-E-K-O designs.com slash Molly Stillman. Now, back to my chat with Jennifer. My listeners know bits and pieces of my story. My, my blog readers definitely know my story because... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my, I actually was on the 700 club of all like places talking about no it. No way. Yeah. They did, um, a, a feature on, cause I basically, when I graduated college, I was $36,000 in consumer credit card debt. That was all by myself. Mm. I was, we not, were about living the same way, weren't we? Yeah. It was not good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and a very long story short, um, but I was, I was not a Christian. I was not, um, it was very far from God. Um, and in 2010, uh, got saved. Saved and mm-hmm. uh, and also began to really, really, you know, put the pedal to the metal and work to get out of debt and um, and God is really interwoven in that entire story. But it's funny because I didn't actually learn about Dave Ramsey, and I don't know if it's because I wasn't a Christian or if he's just I, right. I don't know. But I hadn't heard about Dave Ramsey until really like towards the very end of my like getting out of debt. Um, but you know, now it's really helped in, in just cause my, my husband is obviously like the 
exact opposite of me when it comes to like money and and yeah. I mean, we're Most now more on, are always yeah, yeah. The we're on the yeah. same page now. But certainly when we got married and we were when we were dating, we were in completely different stages financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And you know, but it, it's just interesting. Like now, where Dave Ramsey is really more our guide as far as you know, how we, how we are good stewards of the money that yes. we, we make. And, mm-hmm. um, so I just, yeah, but yeah, this, I was, this is just so such a random aside, but yeah, it was like, uh, I guess summer of 2017, the 700 club reached out and they like sent producers and a TV crew to my that house. That is so cool. They did this like feature on the 700 club, but apparently they like they liked it. So they, they re-air it all the time. And I don't ever like they don't tell me when they re-air it, but it's really interesting. Do people just start tweeting you? Yes. Like, Holly, I thought, yes. How cool yes. is that? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh gosh, I guess it aired again. Um, but yeah, anyway, that is such, awesome. a, such a like weird, cheesy thing. Um, I mean, it was really yeah, but it's a so, that, cool experience. That stuff is so fun. And, um, you know, what I love about like, cause maybe that sort of stuff wouldn't be fun to everybody, but yeah. I can remember, um, and I'll just, you know, you, you know that I'm a person of faith. So I'll just kind of mention this. I can remember when I was doing one of the extreme home makeover things and we were in the, um, in a room with Ty Pennington, they were filming, um, a bunch of my girls were up on scaffolding and we were like, uh, doing this monogram on this little girl's bedroom ceiling. And I can remember like hearing the voice of the Lord almost in my head going, isn't this fun? Like, this oh, is so much fun. That. Like it just tickled me like that stuff tickles me to get to go um, and sit in a Dave Ramsey thing front row last night. That tickled me. And yeah. other people would love to go to like a rock concert, man, not me, put me in a business conference, yeah. put me in a, in the room with somebody smart like Dave Ramsey. And that trips my personal trigger. Yeah. So isn't it fun that like when God just gives us a little, like, it's just a little like side wink, like, Hey Molly, I'm going to run that 700 club thing again, girl. <laughs> That's fun for me. So at least I'm having fun with your story. I love it. I love it. And (laughs) by the way, don't feel bad about crying in front of somebody like Dave Ramsey. I have totally done that in front of people. Like I'm not actually somebody who gets really starstruck um, if I've met a celebrity. And Mm -hmm. the only two people legitimately, and they are two like very different humans. Well, similar in some ways, different in others. uh, But the only two times I've ever been like legitimately couldn't really form words or like cried um, was when I met Amy Poehler. I like legitimately just like flat out was like, it's really nice to meet you. Hilarious. (laughs) And then uh, actually a couple months ago at mom 2.0, I met Jen Hatmaker and I, I just love her. And I have just, but it's funny because we have a lot of like actual friends in common. Mutual friends. Yeah. So I was just like, I promise I'm not a creepy person. We're friends with some of the same people. I just really love you. And the whole time I'm sitting here like, this this is is so so embarrassing. So I've got a Jen Hatmaker story too. Oh my gosh, I just love this. So I, Jen, I just think is just an incredible, you know, person. I just love her personality. I love how she writes. Um, And so I had her on my podcast about a year ago or so. And that was great. And I was trying not to be like, um, you know, starstruck. Um, And we did like a video thing. So I could see her, she could see me, you know, but her schedule is tight. So we kind of kept it all business. Well, last year I was invited to um, the home of Rachel Hollis um, as an influencer. I didn't know Rachel very well, but I'd had Rachel on my podcast before Rachel blew up. And, um, and then she was coming to Kansas city because her husband worked for Disney and I messaged her team and I said, Hey, I have a large audience. This is why people need to build audiences. If, if you've got entrepreneurs listening right now, Molly, I hope they hear me because large audiences open doors. <laughs> and so I, I messaged Rachel's people. I'm like, Hey, I have a large audience and I've got 250, 300,000 people on Facebook. Rachel's coming to town. What if we did like the meet and greet together? Like I could tell my people, she could bring her people, you know, and they're like, absolutely. They were all over that. So I get to meet Rachel. So Rachel had me out to her home as an influencer. Um, it was the year before last. It's been like a year and a half ago. And Jen Hatmaker, of course, was there. And literally when I met Jen in real life, when I tell you she's the world's best hugger, she's literally oh, the world's like yes. best hugger. Yes. Like I, I got the biggest bear hug from her. Yes. And I'm like, she barely even knew me, but it just, um, you know, she's just sweet like that. But then here's the story about Jen. So she was going to be in Kansas city last year. Um, speaking well in St. Joe, which is about 30 minutes from us. And so I wanted to buy tickets and go listen to her speak. I had never, you know, seen her speak, preach, whatever you want to call it. So I wanted to go listen, um, just to get to know more of what she was talking about. Well, we had moved into our, what is our dream home that same week. And the truth is I couldn't find my underwear. (laughs) 
and, and I literally, we had moved on a Tuesday and Jen's event was on a Friday and we couldn't find my whole drawer with like all of my undergarments. And in my head, I was like, I know I could go underwearless, but I just like in my head, I was like, my life is chaos. I can't even find underwear. And I literally messaged Jen's people because I had like a VIP ticket and everything from them. And I'm like, look, I love you, but I am a hot stinking mess over here. We're three days into our new house. Our kids are falling off the rails. I can't find my underwear. Please tell Jen I love her, but I can't go. <laughs> and so that's my hat maker story. Yeah. Oh, and um, my goodness. I know. So, I love you know. It. I could have went commando. I know, but I just like, it was, it wasn't just that it was, you know how, when you move, you just feel like everything's in disarray. Everything. And in my head, I'm like, I can't just, I, I can't go and enjoy it because my whole life is just in shambles right now. I need to clean up my crap and literally find underwear. So <laughs> Jennifer, oh. you are the best person. I love you so much. You're well, hilarious. You know, it's oh just, people are sometimes shocked by my honesty. I'm like, yeah, you no, know, it's, there's no other way to be. And what I hope that when I'm honest with people and sharing, you know, parts of my story, I hope it makes them feel more normal because yes. what I realized in building my career is that so many people feel like the people who have made it, and I put that in air quotes, have got it all together. And yes. the truth is we're just winging it just like everybody else. Yes. And we're just, you know, trying to find our underwear and snotting all over celebrities, just like everybody else. Yes. I mean, we're so normal. And so I know when I do meet and greets and I've had a couple of people, you know, who have um, met me and cried, like I get it. Um, and it feels like such an honor because, you know, I've done it to other people and it feels like such an honor. And I just, um, and it makes me just feel like what I'm doing in the world is important. And, um, you know, I'm just super grateful for where God's got me. I love that perspective. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's so fun and it really does just give, yeah, it, it, it keeps us all humble. We got to stay humble. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> um, but I want to go back a little bit to something that you had kind of touched on that I yeah. think is a really, um, it's interesting because a few episodes ago, I had my friend Brandy Riley on from Courage to Earn. And if you don't know Brandy, you two should connect because y'all are amazing. Um, but so she, so she is a blogger, but she created this online community called Courage to Earn. And it okay. is a um, an online – it started as a Facebook group, but then it does obviously have a Facebook group. And then she created a whole kind of Courage to Earn More that kind of has more, like, additional resources. Um, and basically what it is is it's, it's this community for women creative entrepreneurs to – to begin to understand how to be bold and confident in charging what they're worth mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, giving you the courage to, to earn money doing what you love. Um, and so she's just, she's amazing. You, you two would like hit it off immediately. She's yes. Wonderful. I would absolutely love yes. um, that introduction. Yes. I'll totally and, make an intro. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, since I coach, cause at this point we've got over 3000 women, like in a paid group every month, yeah. like, over 2,000 of them are in a paid $47 a month group with me. Um, and we one of the things we talk about a lot is charging because yeah. um, especially since I'm coaching a lot of creatives, like here's what I've noticed. And this is, please hear me when I say this is not a sexist comment, but men don't struggle with charging like women do. No. They don't. They just don't. No. It's, it's not like the guy that did my landscaping is like laying in bed at night going, oh gosh, what do I give Jennifer for a bill? He just doesn't. It's, and I love that about men. I love that they're like, it just is what it is. And us women, because we're feelers, we're like, oh, but is she going to think that, you know, who do I think I am? And we have all these emotions that go into it. I mean, God made us emotional as women. So we're supposed to be that way, but it does like trip us up when it comes to the charging. And so we talk about like, charging, not necessarily what you're worth, but what your work is worth over and over and over in my group, because I don't know of anybody that struggles with this more than women and yes. especially women, creative entrepreneurs. And, um, and the truth is like, we have to get over that Molly, because we have minivans that need tires on them. Yes. We have, you know, kids that want to go on vacation for the first time. We have husbands working second jobs that, you know, don't need to be, if mom can actually put a price tag on the things she's been given away for years and that will get my blood pressure through the roof and make me talk faster than about anything else. Yeah. So if you want to go down that rabbit hole, we can, but just know I'm ultra passionate about that very thing about women charging for their talents. Yes. And it's so funny because that is like really a lot of what Brandy and I talked about is just mm -hmm. really is that whole idea of like men do not struggle with this. Women is yep. something we struggle with all the time. Um, and so I want to, I do want to dive into this just a little bit is, is, sure. is I know that this is a big passion of yours and I want to know, but 
I have kind of a an interesting or maybe unique or maybe it's not a kind of question for you with regards to this. Yeah, because please. I'm an open book. Started, Ask me anything. You started in 2000 with this business, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I love, by the way, your hustle of like pulling out the yellow pages and going door to door and all that kind yes. of stuff as you built the business. And then over the years, as you built the business and you had, you know, this exposure, you grew your social media following. And then obviously you, you, you guys got out of debt. You got into a situation where you're financially secure you're able to bless people with your mm-hmm. with your money you're able to take yeah. care of your family and 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 do things that are fun and enjoyable and not have to worry about whether or not your your rent is being you know you can pay mm-hmm. your mortgage or whatever um you know uh, and then obviously you then created this this platform for women and women entrepreneurs and and women to know their worth at what point along the way did you feel Kind of like that moment where you're standing there painting and you hear God whisper in that still small voice like, mm-hmm. isn't this fun? At what yeah. point along the way did you did you hear that still small voice of God in your heart saying, this is a purpose and a passion that I have called you to. And the impact that I have put on your, like uh, the impact that I have put on you to mm-hmm. impact other people. How did that kind of yeah. all come about? Well, and I don't know that there was like one particular aha moment. Um, but I know that, you know, as a Christian, I believe that the Bible is true. And therefore, I believe what it says is true. So when the Bible says to whom much is given, much will be required. Yes. I take that pretty seriously. I'm like, okay, look at all God has done for us. This means he's going to ask me to do some things that perhaps are out of my comfort zone or that I don't want to. And it's, I'm glad that you're actually asking this question, Molly. I, I'm guessing you don't even know this, but um, I have to have a book written in the next 60 days. Did you know this? <laughs> no, I did I, not. Uh, I have my first book will be coming out with Zondervan um, next summer. And this is the entire premise of the book, doing things um, that you maybe necessarily don't want to do or are scared to do, but because they're the right thing to do. And so there was never a part of me that was like, holy smokes, you know, um, I feel like God's really wanting me to, you know, have a huge platform. And I I don't know, like for me, the way that God and I kind of work together is he only gives me a little glimpse of the next thing and the next thing. And I think the reason he does that is because he knows that number one, I have a tendency to get overwhelmed. Um, Number two, if I knew 17 years ago or 18 years ago, gosh, what is it? We're in the year 2019. Okay. I've had this business now 19 years. I've got bad math. Sorry. (laughs) If I knew 19 years ago where I would be today, I mean, speaking, on stages, having my own conference, writing a book, I literally would have had like nervous diarrhea and been sucking my thumb in a corner for the last 19 years. Like I just couldn't have handled it. Does that make sense? Um, I'm a true introvert in every sense of the word. And so I think a lot of times people will look at my platform and think, well, it's easy for her to have a big business and be on Facebook live and speak in front of people because, you know, she's got a big personality. She's obviously extroverted and there's nothing further from the truth. I am totally an introvert. But the cry of my heart is just always to be obedient to the next thing God's calling me to do. And so when I look at my business, I'm constantly trying to look at it from a point of not what do I feel like doing next, but what do my people need next? When you have this size of an audience, it's not hard to figure out what people need from you next. Basically, you ask them (laughs) and they will tell you when you have 350,000 people following you on Facebook. And so what I found is women were just, they have all these talents, but they could not figure out how to build a business out of it. And so, um, I've just tried really hard to partner with God in sharing what I know. I feel a huge responsibility to share what I know. And often that means sharing in a way that's not comfortable for me. I have struggled with a huge fear of public speaking for years and years and years. And it was never worse than the time I had to speak with Chip and Joanna Gaines. I'm sure you know who the fixer upper people are. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, God just keeps pushing me into these arenas where I am so uncomfortable and I will never forget this because it was a pivotal moment for me. Um, Chip and Joanna, we're going to be speaking in Kansas City at the home show. And this was the year, like year one or two of their fixer upper. So it's probably been like four years ago. And uh, they asked me to be a Chip and Joanna sandwich, which meant I would speak and kind of get the crowd ready for Chip and Joe. And then Chip and Joanna would speak and then I would speak and then Chip and Joanna would speak. And, um, and so I was thinking to myself, okay, this is kind of a big deal. And I was speaking about things painting and decorating related, which I knew inside and out. 
what I didn't know was that there were going to be 2000 people in the audience, more security than you've ever seen. The home show was completely overwhelmed oh by, my goodness. you know, they booked Chip and Joanna and then Chip and Joanna blew up, if that makes sense. So yeah. they weren't prepared for this like onslaught of all these people. And I will never forget being on the stage, Molly, thinking, holy crap, this is a lot of people staring at me. And I know full good and well, they could care less about what I'm saying. They're just waiting for Chip and Joe to come out. Can I just make it through, you know, the speaking when I have had a huge fear of public speaking all of my life Mm -hmm. and, um, I didn't die is the bottom line. (laughs) And, um, and I also backstage just asked Chip and Joe, Hey, could I interview you? And this was when Periscope was really hot before Facebook live was a thing. And they totally let me like interview them. And I'll like, I'll never forget sitting in between Chip and Joanna and I'm asking them questions and Joanna like brushed the hair like off of my shoulder and she's like, your hair is just so pretty. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm never washing my hair again. Like, it's over for me. It's it's over for me, Joe. And I've gotten like two handwritten cards in the mail from her, just encouraging me to keep going with what God's placed in my life. And that sort of thing makes like all the difference in the world. So I don't know, like back to your question. And I don't even remember your question. No, but at the end yeah. of the day, like um, I'm just trying to do the next right thing for the people who I can influence. Because when I look at like other people who have influenced me and I look at like Dave Ramsey and the influence he's had in my life and I look at Joanna and just what her looking into my eyes and telling me I had pretty hair and her sending me a couple of thank you notes, that sort of thing has changed it's changed something in me. Yeah. And I feel a deep responsibility if I can do that for a few other people, that it can change something in them and then they can change a part of their world. That's yes. like my hope. Yes. Oh, Jennifer, that is so good. <laughs> that is so good. And the perfect, it was the perfect answer. Um, was it? Oh, yes, good. Because I don't even remember the question. Oh, That's no. Just, that's just completely my menopause talking right now. I no. don't even remember what you asked me. No, it was so good. <laughs> you're probably too young for menopause, but let me tell you, you forget the question when you're <laughs> knee deep in hot flashes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. Um, gosh, Jennifer, I could literally, I could talk to you all day. You're just amazing. Um, Thank you. Well, but now is actually the time of the show as we are getting close to wrapping up here where we transition just a little bit and we mm-hmm. ask some kind of just fun, lighthearted, get to know you questions. And as my listeners are well aware, this is also the part of the show where we transition or where my executive producer husband, that's what I can that's yes. what I call him. He inserts like a movie clip or a TV clip or like a sound effect to transition us and every week it's a surprise we never know what it's going to be it's a a whole thing so uh jennifer are you ready for the get to know you round a little nervous but yes let's do it (laughs) don't be nervous don't be nervous it's gonna be fun because if you look at the word menopause it has the words men and pause (laughs) which i have discovered means if you're a man you better pause before you say something all right question number one what things do you do every day that you wish could be totally automated? Brush my teeth, do my hair, <laughs> yes. put on makeup. I hate it all. Like I'm such a girly girl. So I, you know, I, I don't leave the house without lipstick. But then I also, I mean, I got crap to do, you know, yeah. when I'm only working four days a week from nine to three while the kids are at school. Like I wish I didn't have to do that sort of thing. Food I wish was automated. Yes. I wish some, it would just like just arrive on the table and it would be low carb and, you know, and it would be lovely and hot because I hate to cook. And so those sorts of things, like they kind of get in my craw a little bit and irritate me because they have to be done every day. And I don't find a lot of joy in putting on my makeup. So, but I'm not going to leave the house without makeup. So those sorts of things I wish were automated. I love it. I love it. Uh, question number two, what's your guilty pleasure? Ooh, um, Okay, right now it's a few Netflix series. Okay, uh, do tell. I, well, okay, so I'm not big on TV. Um, I, I don't I don't love television. I, I would prefer to be on social media where I feel like, you know, real life people. Like I would rather watch a Facebook Live with somebody than I would like the Housewives of Atlanta. That's just me. <laughs> but um, what I have found is that two things – because as a, okay, so as an entrepreneur and Molly, I bet a lot of your audience can, can, they can understand this. I love what I do. So the propensity for me to veer off into the direction of perhaps being, um, you know, working all the time would be very, very easy. Yeah. And my mind doesn't shut off. And that's true for a lot of women, a lot of moms, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially it's like this ping pong game that just never, ever quits. And so one of the ways that I have found out, there's only two things that will make me stop 
thinking and stop thinking about business or the future or, you know, what I need to be posting or any of those things. One of them is a massage. I'm all about that massage life. Oh, like yeah. that. My love language is massage. Somebody rub me. I don't care who my phone goes <laughs> off and my mind goes blank. I love it. And the other things is either movies or Netflix series. And so, um, I, we don't watch Netflix very often, but when we do, like I have to go beginning to end. Like we started one this weekend. We haven't watched a Netflix series in a couple of months, but I told my husband, we just got done having our first conference. I've just gotten back from a mastermind getting ready to start the book. Let's, um, I heard this, uh, Netflix series called bodyguard was really good. Oh. And I'm like, so let's watch it. And so then that meant binging, like, you know, we started at eight 30 at night and went till two in the morning, um, and did that two days and we're done. And I love that because it kind of takes me out of my current world and makes me shut off my brain. And yep. I can't watch Netflix and be on Instagram at the same time. So I love that. Yes. Guilty pleasure. Yes. My husband and I just started dead to me. Which Ooh. is uh, a new Netflix series that everybody's been talking about. And well, actually, by the time that this airs, everybody's going to be like, oh my gosh, Dead to Me is so like last year. Right, um, right, right. Was it good though? Would you totally recommend? Well, we're only a couple episodes in and it is very good. It's yeah. very good. So it is not at all what I expected, but I don't honestly really know what I expected. So yeah. But Have anyway. you watched um, Abducted in Plain Sight? Uh, no, because it gives me so much anxiety. Just like no right. one Okay, so somebody else is like, you need to watch that next. And I'm like, we have four kiddos. Yeah, and, I don't think you know, I The do new it. little one is only four years old. And so I don't know that my... Um, heart can handle it. Yeah. My vain imagination would probably go off the deep end, but we are always looking for a new series so that when we have a chunk of time, we can actually sit down. So I'll put that dead to me dead on to me. the list, dead to me. girl. Thank yeah. you. Everybody's talking me. about it. So, you know, just, uh, just hop it on the bandwagon. It's cool. Awesome. Love uh, it. Okay. Well, so since you are about to, uh, you know, start writing your book, I know that yeah. a lot of writers are like, they don't read while they write. Did, mm-hmm. Have you read any books this year that have been really good that you would recommend? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a reader. Um, I'm a listener. No, yes. um, Because this is the honest to goodness truth. It could be my age. I'm getting ready to turn 48. I don't know. But um, when I read, I fall asleep. (laughs) It's like narcolepsy sets in. It's the weirdest thing. So I am an audible junkie. I love audible. And um, I love audible. And so, but I always have like six or seven books going at once instead of any good one. But the the truth is, I'll be really honest with you. I'm all about podcasts instead of books anymore. Yeah. And the reason is because I feel like I can do a 45 minute podcast and, um, and really get some insane value out of that. Like while I'm driving somewhere, while I'm, you know, taking the kids to a softball game, while I'm doing the laundry, while I'm putting on my makeup. And so I actually prefer podcasts over books, which is really bad considering I'm about to write a book. (laughs) No, it's funny because I also love listening to books. I mean, there will be certain ones that I will sit and read, but I've been binging books this year on Audible and like Hoopla yes. and some of those book apps. And I, I kind of like what I'll do is I'll do like a couple books and then I'll mm-hmm. like take a couple week break and just listen to podcasts. And then I yes. kind of go back to doing books. And so I kind of, I've been going in and out, but it's been, it's been, it's been good. It's been good. Yeah. And because I'm an introvert, like, so I traveled last week to a mastermind event in Toronto. And so it's a long, it takes a long time for me to get there. It's like an eight hour, you know, there's two different plane rides and oh, there's yeah. my car ride with the driver both to my airport and then to the hotel once I get there. And I literally put in headphones. Like there's no bigger tragedy to me than when my AirPods are dead (laughs) because I will listen to podcasts the entire time. Like even just walking through the airport and I know it probably looks like I'm unsociable and I am because I'm an introvert. Uh, but I love that, that I can like, you know, I can get five or six like podcasts whipped out in a trip and that just makes my heart happy. It's also a really good time to listen to books. But like I said, I, I tend to get bored. And so I start like six or seven at a time and, you know, get what I need kind of out of one. And then I kind of get bored with it and I'll go on to something else and then go back to a podcast. And so that's currently where I'm at. Yeah, no, I love it. That's great. Um, okay. And then my last question, well, actually I have one really quick question before I ask you my question that I ask all my guests. And it's because, uh, I notice in your headshot, uh, that you're wearing nickel and suede earrings. Um, um, <laughs> yes, they're friends of mine. Do yes. you know them? Yeah. So Kylie, so funny story. Uh, oh my Kylie gosh. and How do we I, know all these people at the same time? That's I so know. funny. It's really a small world. It actually yeah. really is a very small world. So mm-hmm. like years ago, and by years ago, I mean uh, 2014. So what, five years ago? Yes. Uh, five years ago, Kylie and I got invited to the Stitch Fix headquarters for this like Stitch yes. Fix influencer trip. 
And it was a month after she and Soren started Nickel and Suede. And so she yes. brought these like leather earrings. She's like, so I just started this business and I created these leather earrings. Isn't like, she what precious? do you guys think about them? I just started this little business, little business. that now is on the Forbes and now, like, top 100, crazy. you know, business list or yes, whatever. It's insane. And so it's just so funny because I still have that pair of earrings that she gave me like right when they started. And now I own, um, a lot. I'm not even going to say the number because it's a really yes. embarrassing number of nickel and suede earrings. But it's just yes. so funny because I saw your headshot and I was like, mm, "This is my people right here." And she's wearing well, my nickel yes. And so they're earrings. local here in Kansas. Yeah, City, yeah. And um, she is a friend of a friend. Is how I met her. And about four years ago, somebody too turned me on to a pair of her earrings, and yeah. I'm like, "Wait a second! Like thirty some dollars for a pair of earrings? What?" And so somebody gave me a pair as a gift. Well, I put those suckers on my earlobes, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah. Hold the phone. Thank you, Jesus. It was like the heavens opened. Hallelujah. Because here's what happened. That one year when I was in college and lost my scholarship and lost my mind, like I was wearing those huge Janet Jackson hoops, you know, and and they drug down my lobes. Yes. Yeah. So I put on a pair of Kylie's nickel and suede earrings. I'm like, they are like feathers on my ears. And then everything changed. And then I had to get them on my podcast a couple years ago because I'm like, how do you go from cutting out a couple pairs of yeah. leather earrings in your garage to now on Forbes. I mean, the the magnitude with which their business has exploded is just insane. insanity. And they just have a precious family. Yeah. And so thank you for noticing those earrings. Um, yes, yes, of I course. Love it. Of course. I totally noticed. And my husband's like, as he as he listens to this, he's going to laugh because he just, he knows my obsession. Um, yeah, I had Kylie on, um, on the show too, just to kind of tell like the origin story. I guess it was like uh, two years ago. Um, but yeah, I just, yes. oh, I love him. Um, yes. Okay. So this is my last question. And this is the question that I ask all my guests now. And it is, what does it mean to you when you hear the phrase running a business with purpose? Like, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? What does it mean to me to run a business with purpose? Well, I think purpose and feeling like, um, the purpose isn't for me. The purpose is for other people. Uh, that's what will make me get up and get on a podcast, you know, at nine o'clock on yeah. a Monday morning. Um, purpose is what I talk to my kids about. We've got a kiddo getting ready to start applying for colleges. I mean, when I think back to my life coming right out of high school and not having any idea what I wanted to do with myself when I grew up, and then even graduating at 30, top of my class, um, magna cum laude, with honors, with a degree in um, computer-based information systems. Like I wish I had understood purpose then because now I feel like I'm living in my purpose. You have, when you know you're doing what you're supposed to do, you know, does that make sense? And like, um, and, and that makes all of the, the hustle that I used to do years ago worth it. By the way, I think, um, hustle is good for a season. It's never a long-term answer. Um, you and your family will both spin out of control, but purpose is what keeps forcing me to do things that are out of my comfort zone to write a book in 60 days that, you know, we are hoping a million bajillion people are going to buy next year. Purpose is what'll make me host my own event. When the truth is, Molly, that I took speech my first year of college, that year I ruined my scholarship. I took speech my first semester. And this is why Um, I was so intimidated to speak in front of people, which, by the way, that's what I do for a living now, that I knew that if I took um, speech my first semester, it would be good because otherwise I was going to have to take it as a senior. And I kept thinking, if I have to wait four years to take speech, like I'll have nervous diarrhea for the next four years (laughs) thinking about it. So let's just get it out of the way, you know, but so purpose is what makes me now host events when I was the girl who wouldn't even, you know, I couldn't even, I, I told this story. This is so funny. I told the story from stage at my conference, um, a few weeks ago, I had this conference called the equipped conference, mixing faith and business. And I told them until recently, I couldn't even pee on a plane. Now I know that that's graphic, but it had nothing to do. It had nothing to do with the size of the bathroom. Cause I can fit had nothing to do with the fact that bathrooms are gross because I'm not a germaphobe. It had everything to do with inconveniencing people to get up and then that long like walk of shame towards the bathroom. And as an introvert, knowing that people see me, like as a girl who wants to hide, I can tell you that purpose is the thing that will make me plan a conference in front of 600 people um, because I know that I'm here on earth to do something if not necessarily, it's not for me, but it's for the people in my world who, oh, by the way, includes the people that I'm raising. 
Um, it's in, it includes the people right here, you know, in my community who go to my church. I mean, so often I think that we think that um, it's all about influencing people in the online space. But what about influencing your children? What about influencing your spouse? What about influencing your neighbor who is, by the way, keenly watching what you're doing with your business? And so purpose is the thing that keeps making me show up for my life, even when I'm not sure, um, not confident and thinking I don't want to do it. (laughs) Purpose is the thing that keeps making me go forward. That's so good. Purpose is the thing that keeps making me go forward. Oh, I want that on a t-shirt, on a mug. That's tweetable, isn't it? (laughs) Let's do it. Oh, Jennifer, this has been such a joy, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, Molly, you're awesome. Thank you for having me. You're awesome. Yeah, this is is amazing. We're going to have to meet in real life. I would love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business With Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget that hashtag Business With Purpose Podcast. Also, be sure to check out and shop the Seiko Designs fall collection at SeikoDesigns.com slash Molly Stillman. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first time listener, welcome. Be sure to check out the archives for so many incredible entrepreneurs and business owners who are quite literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. And thank you for your support, your shares, your comments. I love it. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to shows and make sure you click that subscribe button to make sure you never miss a new episode of the pod. And would you take a moment to leave a review of the show? Leaving a review just really helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is edited by my incredible husband and executive producer, John Stillman, with support from Kelly Dalton. And the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.